Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good, and then we head to the spoiler floor, where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. But all those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive, thus the explicit rating. So consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned. <laughs> now, take a seat, buckle up, buttercup. It's time to begin. Welcome everyone to another episode of Two Crones in a Book. This episode we're doing a review and in the spirit of the season, we are going to be looking at 12 Days of Christmas Horror which is volume one, because it turns out that there's three books, but we were very good and patient and started with book one um, by Rick Wood. Now, the synopsis is... Would you like the synopsis in it? Yeah, please. Yeah, okay. Um, So the synopsis is, from a sadistic secret Santa gift to a murderous telekinetic fairy to a nativity full of the undead, you'll find a horror treat for all 12 days of Christmas. The anthology includes... The Fucked Up Fairy, Twas the Night Before Murder, The Nativity of the Living Dead, The Christmas Card Trap, Santa, Secret Santa for the Sadistic, Track Santa Parts 1, 2 and 3, Elf on a Shelf, The Mince Pie, The Christmas Cannibal and A Christmas Carol Aftermath. Well, wow. That's some titles <laughs> there, isn't it, mate? You know, it's... Ooh. Um, <laughs> it was... Uh, paperback was 156 pages, so it's real bite size. Yeah, for listening, is only 2 hours 13 minutes. So it's bite size all round then, isn't it? Yeah, so easy to listen to. And book one was published in 2019, so it's not that old either. No, no. So would you like to know a bit more about uh, Mr. Wood? I love it when you research authors. Yes, please. Yes. Well, um, Rick Wood, um, he's always enjoyed writing since childhood, as most yep. authors do that we've uh, done some research on. Uh, he has a BA in uh, script writing and a master's in creative writing and just started his PhD in 2020 exploring demonic possession in literature. Yeah. Yeah, it's right up I want to do that course. I know, it's like, how how do I not know that's there? <laughs> I might have actually bothered with university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's struggled with mental health issues throughout yep. his mid-teens and early 20s and was diagnosed with uh, OCD, bipolar disorder and Tourette's. Right. But um, he's like he's adjusted, and you know it's it's just part of life now. You know it's fine. It's great when you finally get that diagnosis and you know how to deal with it. But I think yeah. it definitely helps to inform. Like when you hear this, does that not inform some of his humour and? Yeah. When you when you think about the stories that are involved in this, I want to say gallows humour. Very much so. Um, he went on to be a stand-up comedian. And has four, what? Uh, yeah, he's been a, he's been a stand-up comedian and has had four shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, he's worked in a variety of part-time jobs, mostly within education, yep. bef- uh, before becoming a teacher. In the meantime, he was writing plays and novels in the horror genre. Eventually, quit and became a full-time author, and he's actually written. 30-plus 30, 30 volumes for Amazon. That's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, and he's still. I think he's still quite young. Um, yeah. Because I think he only graduated uni in 20, 2011. 
Yeah, no, that's pretty. It's pretty impressive. That's not a number to be sniffed at, is it? Not at all. And you know, for all those publishers, and if they're anything to go by uh, from reading this, they're going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I I would agree. So I'm definitely going to be checking out more of his stuff after this. Yeah, no, I, he's he's on my list. He's he's on my watch list. He is. There's another one. <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna have this big map on my wall. You know, one of those ones from like like a, a CSI thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pins and names and bits of string <laughs> linking them all. It's one of the things I've enjoyed about doing this podcast with you is you, I've 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 found more authors that you want to keep an eye that you're really interested in because you can get quite stale if you stick to the same so there's always those um authors that you are well known and that you like and they might have 50 books published and you read them all and then you learn their style and they lose a little bit of their sparkle not because of their creativity but you can predict their writing yeah oh yeah definitely 100 percent. like i've i've found so many more new authors doing this with you than i i think i've probably ever done (laughs) Yeah, and isn't it fab? It's fantastic because you know, because there was a time where I was struggling to get back into books. It's like I, I piles of them. It's like mm, you read the first couple of pages, it's just not hitting. And for some reason, yeah. because we both get what the other ones into mostly. Yes, and, and and even when it comes to wild cards that we think the other might like, it's been fantastic to open. I think vice versa eyes. Yeah, definitely. To new authors that we never would have explored before. Definitely. I mean, you, you, I, I will always be grateful for Horror Store, which was, was you. You pushed for that. I did. I did. You had to read it. Yeah, I was really hesitant. I was a bit like, what do you mean it's a catalogue? Well, and then when it comes to... <laughs> you know, but then you gave it to me and I was like, actually, this is this is badass. This is awesome. <laughs> and then it's like we, with you with the uh, the more modern versions of the um, young adult novels, you know, with like um, the, the witch book. Yes, the Sarah Clancy yeah, from all, Scare Street. Like yeah. all the Scare Street stuff, Sarah Clancy, all those guys, you know. I don't think I would have ever bothered because they're the kinds of things I'd look at the cover and go, nah, it's, it's not yeah. going to be for me. But no, I've, I absolutely love them. They're just so easy to digest. It's fantastic. Yeah. But we are digressing. Yes. Oh, one last thing I will say. If you go onto his um, personal website, you can download a free book. Ooh. I'm not sure which one it is. I didn't get. I didn't have time to yep. do all that. But yeah, but you can get a free book on there as well. Oh, you know me. I love a free book. Everyone loves the freebie. Woo-woo. <laughs> so um, we'll start. With the first story in this, which is actually a three-parter, it's the beginning, so, middle, and end. How are we going to approach this? And it's sorry to interrupt. Are we going to say that we love it and then go to the spoiler floor, so it's just open house, or are we going to remove Ooh. the option of the spoiler floor and go straight into open house? I think we'll just say because this is Christmas and we can make the rules whatever we fancy. We're just going to go for it today. Cool. Because okay. It, so because it's such a bite-sized book and a listen you could be you could have had that done and be back here in the same day <laughs> it in in that case everybody please be warned we will not be announcing the spoiler floor we are just going for we're it we're just going it's christmas we can say what we like kids oh i feel <laughs> feel so rebellious i feel so naughty i'm going on the naughty list <laughs> So naughty and free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I rudely interrupted you in it because I panicked about the spoiler floor. You can tell when my, right. my organisation skills kicking. Please go free. 
Go for it. It's chaos. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the the first story is called, as I was saying, uh, the Santa Tracker, and yep. that's in three parts: at the beginning, and mm-hmm. the middle, and the end. So it's a nice little brings you back each time. Yep. So the story is uh, a father who has split custody with his ex-wife for his son. They've been divorced for f- separated by five years. Um, she cheated on him, went off with someone else, but he's still yeah. being the nice, polite Mister ex-husband who gets him Christmas Eve through to Christmas Day. Yes. So that's kind of the basis of the beginning of it, and the humour, Michelle. I'm going to talk about first in this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, she, she, Michelle put it up on the uh, Facebook <clears throat> page. And it's just, it's, it's right at the beginning, this line that she put up. <laughs> it just sums up anyone who's ever been to a Christmas secret Santa, wasn't it? Go on. I couldn't help it since I read it. I was like, this man understands me. <laughs> I mean, I have a favourite, I have my favourite. I read that, I knew that bit that Michelle had shared. I'm carrying on listening. And there was this one bit where I literally like blah ha, 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 out loud <laughs> out of nowhere in the middle of the kitchen. And he's talking about how miserable he is and like, you know, um his son's upstairs in bed and he's he's yeah. just recounting what Christmas is in this 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 section. Every yeah. Christmas Eve to Christmas morning, he has his time with me before he is collected by his stepfather to have a large festive Christmas feast with my ex's family to celebrate and laugh and be merry while I sit in front of a tired Christmas film drinking too much Cinzano and having a wank wearing a Christmas hat as if to find some joy in this holiday season <laughs> well Cinzano so <laughs> and a wank with a Christmas hat it is real, really, really true. Um, I, I mean, the the bit, uh, yeah, you're you're right. His his language is perfect. The the bit for anybody who hasn't seen it on Facebook that I posted was where he's talking about Secret Center and he goes, and as the pres- present is anonymous, I have to pretend that I don't notice Marjorie from accounting beaming at me as I open it, and I have to pretend not to be irritated irritated by a pair of lovingly yet poorly knitted socks that even the charity shop will not want. <laughs> and you can just picture all of it in your I've head. lived it. Yeah, I've yeah. lived it. I've been this. Oh, how pretty. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I've only been to two proper secret Santa work things that I can remember. Yeah. One place I worked. One year, I the person... Uh, actually I worked with a lot and they got me this lovely wine glass so it kind of ruins from that the following year I don't know who I pissed off (laughs) because what is probably I got the worst thing the most I have no idea who you are anything about you and I don't care to find out and it was a white musk bath set Ooh, nice, itchy, but pretty. <laughs> like white buses. That's the shit you give your gran or your gran gave you. I've been re-gifted that, and I know I have. <laughs> I, I do look at things like that and think, ooh, itchy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a re-gift, and that's not leaving the pub with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so perfect. His his descriptions are accurate, and well, they're accurate for us. Yeah, definitely um, so relatable because I think as well this character that he's talking about is our age range, and is like this is just everything I feel. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, I, very very good. It was definitely, but then so the whole idea is they have a tradition. Him and his son that um it's the only thing that he looks forward to about Christmas is um doing the, the Santa tracker that like you can get the app. Yeah, everybody does it now, so we don't really need to explain about that. But it, it for the uh, well, I will do anyway. You know, just in <laughs> case we don't want to upset anyone. But basically, yeah. you can put this app on and it shows you where in the world Santa should be. Yes. And the idea is you show it to your kid is, oh, look, he's not far off. You better get to bed. Um, So they do that and he has his bedtime and he sits down and then he looks at the app and it's like, Santa was in Japan. He goes off and does something else, comes back. Mm. Santa is in the UK. That's a bit quick. All right. Then he looks again. It's like, Santa is in your street. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound right. And then... um, it goes up to, and then there's the buzz of the laptop and he goes to look at it and he says, Santa is in your house. I didn't need the dog barking then, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, he's right here with me. I've muted her, carry on. I'm Let's... sorry, Michelle's dog just started barking as I was saying that and I, I nearly choked. <laughs> oh my God. She's gone off to investigate now. Apologies, everyone. This It's Christmas. It's pure chaos, this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, and the, so as I said, it, then it says Santa is in your house. It's like, come on now, this is a bit daft. And then he hears something in the chimney behind him, doesn't he? Yes. And then it just, then that's the end of that first part. Now I was like, oh, oh yeah, you've made me <laughs> laugh and you've shit me up. This is definitely for me. I was tempted to skip ahead. I didn't, but I was tempted to just go to the next section. It's a bit difficult when you do an audible because they don't give you chapter titles, just chapter numbers. So you can't really uh, do that. Yeah. I was like, I'll just flick ahead. And I was don't be silly. Enjoy the experience. <laughs> now this next one, I'm, probably going to say it was my least favourite. Yeah. And it is Nativity of the Living Dead. What the fuck was that about? Well, do you know what? I was so excited when you told me that title because I thought it was going to be like a kid's nativity where they all go savage. Me too. And then I was like, why are we talking about Mary and Joseph? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it was probably one of the most gory ones out of them. Yes. It was it was very visceral. Yes, it's like oh, just have the baby. What? <laughs> yeah, when there was lots of you know, she she was bleeding and the baby was crowning. I was like, this is a kind of horror that I wanted to sign up for. You know what I'm like with pregnancy and childbirth and breastfeeding and things like that. I was a bit like, I feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I've had one and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I had hoped when I read that that it would be I I the same as you had envisioned a school nativity where perhaps the kids turn into zombies and kill all the parents. Yeah, that's, what, that's where my dark twisting mind was going. And I would probably say it's probably the longest story as well out of all of them. I think. Yes. Yeah. So it had like eight parts or something like that. Yes. It went on. <laughs> it went on like two. It was, you know. Don't get me wrong, I love the rest of this book, but this, it was too long. I 
the nativity doesn't really do anything for me. Oops, sorry, Catholicism. <clears throat> you know, um, but no, it's yeah. like it just turning it in. It, it's the story of the nativity, but everyone becomes a zombie. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I don't think I want to dive too much more into that one, to be fair, because it just didn't really. No, and it was the only one that I didn't really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to kind of breeze over that one. So the next one we have is Elf on the Shelf. Yes. What's your first impressions of this one that you want to... I enjoyed it. Yeah. It wasn't my favourite in the book, but it was entertaining. No, but I could 100% see this in like a TV anthology thing. Yeah, something like um, Channel 4 Horror Bites, something like that. Yeah, definitely for Christmas. So um, it's a... As it does have a nice twist at the end, but to be honest, if you're a horror fan, you can see it a million miles away. Yeah. Where yeah. it's coming from. Yeah. Um, so the idea is it's this um, very uptight divor- divorcee mother who wants to have this picture-perfect Christmas with her children. Uh, she yeah. has a son and a daughter, and it's all very much... They're going to have fun, but it's fun on my terms and how I want to have it. Controlled, predictable fun exactly you know kind of like those who well if you do this with your children it'd be wonderful yes and that's how we're going to do it and if they deviate god help them it's not fun yeah no so the whole idea is obviously the elf on the shelf premise um and she's the only one allowed to touch it or move it and and as everybody knows the elf is supposed to watch you make sure that you're behaving and if you're naughty he goes back to tell santa and you go on the naughty list so she comes down, it's in, um, I think it's over a period of four or five days. Yeah. And on the first day she comes down and the elf, um, I, I don't know if it put down on the first day. It moved, hadn't it? It had moved from where she, and she was a bit peeved, but then at the same time she didn't want to take away the magic and accuse the children, even though yep. she knows the children had done it. Yeah. So, uh, um day two she comes down she's got it's the thing that he picked out about her having this specific mug and this specific dressing gown yes it's all very controlled yeah yeah, this is how i like it and then she looks over at the stove and there's the elf and she's she's really pissed off and she has a you know a moment has a moment with the kids um they completely deny touching it then we move on to day three, and this time when she finds the elf, it has a note in its hands. Um, yes. She has a go at the kids. Because the note says, I'm going to kill you, yes. doesn't it? Yes, so, yeah, she um, she said, she she told the children, I'm the only one who is allowed to move him, and the kids said, "But yeah. well, no, he, because he tells me if you do this, and one of the kids say, no, mummy, he doesn't speak to you. Yeah, which is your first little warning oh, sign. Whoa. So she opens the note up, and as Michelle said, it says, I'm going to kill you, and it looks like in a childish scrawl. Yeah. Well, she loses it and uh, throws it in the bin. She's just convinced that the kids have done it, and they're playing a really nasty joke on her. Yep, yep. That evening, she drives them over to their father's, and she, go, uh, she goes to bed, wakes up on the fourth morning, looks over on her bedside table, and there is the elf, with a knife in its hand. <laughs> and the whole time is she's trying to figure out how her children have done this, even though they haven't been in the house and they, yep. their father lives 10 miles away. 
And yeah. she's like, did they walk here? Did they do that? Did they did they set it up before they left? It's like, stop blaming the kids and just accept yeah, it. They're not there. Yeah. You have a psycho doll deal. So she takes Burn the it. elf, drives to a friend's house that's doing renovations and throws it in the skip. Yes. The next day, this is the fifth and final day, uh, she wakes up to hearing like laughter and chatting downstairs. And it's yeah. like, it's her children, but they shouldn't be there yet because it's so yeah. early. So she comes down the stairs, and I think she clocks her children, but she walks past them and just starts looking around to see if she can see the elf anywhere. Yeah. And it's not there. She's relieved. Goes back to the kids like, what are you doing here? Your father's not supposed to. It's too early. Your father's not supposed to have dropped you off yet. Yep. They said, well, mommy, we're feeling really bad for you because you've been really stressed out lately. So we wanted to be here and make you breakfast to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. So obviously then that's given her all the like insta mum feels like, oh, my children love me. They worship me. And they've yeah. made her cereal and toast. And she sits down and she sits there watching her eat. And she's thinking to herself, look how much they love me. Watching <laughs> me eat this breakfast they lovingly made. You fool. And then she's eating it. And then she's not fit. She starts feeling a bit odd. And then the son brings up a bottle that says cyanide. And the daughter brings up the fucking elf from both from yeah. behind. And, they <laughs> and then she looks starts coughing up blood passes out bang on the table yeah then she can hear the kids talking and they're saying did we did we do it right did we do everything we were supposed to are we gonna get presents now (laughs) and then just to end it her eyes widen as the elf's head slowly turns to look at her before she fades to black (laughs) yeah that was quite good no it is it's a good funny cheesy little story yeah but it was predictable yeah, but what do you expect in such a short little book? No, it's you can only come up with something. I mean, my God, it's 12 different Christmas stories. <laughs> yeah. Now, this one, I know you love. I think you're going to take the reins on this one, and it's the fucked up fairy. Oh, yes. This <laughs> is probably one of the most psychotic, originally <laughs> brilliant ideas I've ever read. So we've gone from one that you could pretty much see coming to I couldn't even begin to fucking imagine this one. <laughs> so the, the gist of it is you, you're getting the point of view of a fairy uh, that sits on top of a tree. You know, traditional fairies that sit on the top of your trees. And you, you, she's describing the torture of not only being packed up and confined in a box for for 11 months of the year but even when she's put in that box she's isolated and protected in a box within a box to protect her and and she can't mix with the other things (laughs) so then the the gist of it is that she's she's talking about how much she hates this family Um, and you get the insight of all the things that she sees that no one else in the family does because they like to pretend it's all picture perfect Um, and I mean just to really simplify it, I'd, I'd highly recommend reading it, but to really simplify it, what she's done is year after year after year, she has practiced moving things with the power of her mind. Because she's lost her mind, this fairy. And what, what she does is, is, and I'm talking like decades. Yeah. So the, the family that brought her when they first got together and moved into a house just before they had their first kid. It's now Christmas and their kids are grown up and have, have, have brought the grandkids round. And she uses her power of the mind, telekinesis, to lift up a red pen and 
start stabbing everybody with a red pen <laughs> and, and, and killing them. Like she goes down someone's throat and she strangles someone else with the power of her mind. And she kills them all gruesomely, apart from one. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, their granddaughter. Yeah, the, the youngest granddaughter. And she finishes this, essentially, I suppose you could call it a monologue, couldn't you? She finishes off by yeah. saying, but I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to become the treasured item that you're going to keep. Left in and, the will. <laughs> yep, left in the will that she wrote yeah. the, well, the year before, because she's like been planning it and planning it. And she, when it, she, once the kid has finished therapy, yep. and has been convinced by society that she didn't see what she saw and it was all in her mind, and she thinks she's better, and she has a family, <laughs> and she puts the fairy on the tree. Then she's going to kill them all. Then yeah, that she'll <laughs> find a box of red crayons under the tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this fairy has gone so off her nut by being in isolation. She has perfected the skill of telekinesis year after year after year. Killed everybody but one and is patient enough to wait another 20 years before doing the same thing again to the one person she chose to allow to survive. That was awesome. Loved it. It, was it was amazing. That It was pure genius. It really was. Now that would make a movie, wouldn't it? Oh my god! I mean, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you could get a whole movie, but certainly like a half you could get hour special or something, couldn't you? Definitely, it was just it was beautiful. Like, there's a lot of these I think would make a beautiful transference to a, a Christmas horror TV thing that you watch yeah, every year. Do it, do it, do it, do it. You need to because they're just so good. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah, I think that was my favourite one in the book was the fucked up fairy. Yeah, it was really good. Um, the one we have after that, Secret Santa for the Sadistic. I liked that. I do. I think it was very relatable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit worried, actually, how I'm connecting so well with workplace trauma. Do you know what it is? It's, well, so but the difference with this one is it's from the point of view of uh, a woman who has had to go to so many Secret Santa parties where, and I've seen this in the wild and experienced some of it to be fair as well where uh, men just for, say no and men for some bizarre reason when they've had a couple of drinks and it's christmas either want to fuck you or want you to mother them yeah or both yeah and which the, is even more disturbing oh no no it's even more disturbing it, you know it, it all gets a bit handsy at christmas for some of them and like the most innocuous thing can be turned into something filthy yes I will. I will give. I give this example because I give. I have never really worked many places where there have been men. Yeah. Because I I worked in um, like nurseries and things like that in the past. Yeah. And there was one place I worked that I was actually there till Christmas. <laughs> Most places. <laughs> no, I'm gone. I'm out. Um, that I had to go to the secret Santa for, and I the it was for uh, a guy, and he was obviously into his sports a lot particularly football and you know you had a budget and all that and I found saw these things in the shop and it was um because I think they were talking about table football I'd overheard him speaking about it once yeah and it was um like blow football yeah yeah you know, so you just get the little pipe and you blow the ball across <laughs> the table and it's like it I thought you're completely innocent I thought that'd be all right giggle the mic you might get it out we'll all have a game and it'd be a funny yeah well he opened his present didn't they we're in the middle of a pub. And like, Oi, someone's giving me a blowy wig. Fucking knobhead. It's like, I hope it was such and such over there. Or like one of the one of the like really sexy girls. 
Yeah. When he, he's like, oh, I hope it's her that's done it. Me. It's like, so who's give it? Who's give it? It's like, I ain't fucking opening my mouth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know nothing. I know. No, I'm gone. You know, he did try to hunt down who it was as well. It's like, no, you take away the idea of Secret Santa and you turn something quite innocent and fun into something disgusting. Yeah. And that's very much the vibe of this story, bringing it back around. <laughs> yes. Only it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, it goes the other way. So, yeah, she's had, like, the leches. She, she's counselled people. And she's finally found herself in this workplace where it's only, like, a very small office, new company. So she's feeling quite comfortable. But, again, it's all men and she's the only female. Yeah. So um, because the... It's quite small. I think they have it in the office, don't they? Um, and it's like an open plan place. And they sat down and they're giving out the presents. And everyone, they, they seem quite innocent lads, to be fair, with the things that they're giving each other and yep. stuff. And then her name is Sheila. And one of them passes her a box. And she's acting like quite weirdly like giddy and giggly and girly compared to the yep. way she's been because she's narrating it. So when she's describing what she was like before, it's like, this doesn't sound quite right. That she'd be, ooh, what's this? What could it be? <laughs> and she opens it up. And inside the box is a severed head. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're also like, and it's this bit he's talking about when she's like, she's she like, I don't know if she was holding it up or it was in the box. And she's just going to, I was just playing with the tendrils of flesh dangling off the bottom. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh look at that. Because she's going, it must be fake. Yeah, it can't be real. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> um, so all of them, but one, um, reacts badly. And it's one of them. He screams. And it turns out it is the severed head of his father. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's real. And it's a real head. Uh, next thing, the light, she says, the, and then the lights go out black. And yep. it's for less than a minute as if it had been timed. Yeah. She says that. Then when the lights come up, um, that guy has had his throat slit yeah. on the floor. And what I think the, one of the other guys is his brother. And he's yep. going, Who, which one of you did it? Which one of you did it? They've all kind of scattered trying to get out of the the building. Yep. Um, the, but the doors are all locked. They can't get out. Then the lights go again. And then they come to, and his throat's been slit. So there's only three of them left. Yes. And they're like, who the hell is doing this? And then it turns out at the end, um, one of the guys comes charging towards her when the lights go out. Yeah, and uh, you think it was him? Yeah, because he has a um, like a, a envelope cutter yep. or whatever in his hand. And there's only the two of them left by this point. Yeah, and uh, she said, "Well, I didn't expect that of Barry. Well, he came up with a knife. Good thing I brought a gun." And bang! <laughs> she blasts him. I didn't expect it to go that way. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the judge was surprised as well. When, but I can't wait to see what um, Secret Santa is going to be like in prison. You know, yeah, I've got lots of ideas. Yes, lots <laughs> of ideas. I loved that one. It was a nice cheeky little surprise. That one, definitely. Yeah. Um. So after that one, um, we have oh, uh, Santa Tracker Part Two. Yes. And this is at the point. So we've heard the noise from the chimney and he turns around and it's no longer reading Santa Tracker. It's reading Michelle. Krampus! Krampus Tracker. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, and then it just it's just kind of uh, he knows that he's in the house. Yes. And he must be going for it. It's a very quite a, sh- a short a sh- the shortest part I think of the story, isn't it? Yeah. Um because he runs upstairs, doesn't he, to the kids' room um and realizes that he he gets up there and he realizes that the room's empty or something, doesn't he? Is it that point? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of just cuts and says like part three will be later. Yep. So that was it was a nice dark little bit as well. So there was not there wasn't any of the humour from the beginning in that yep. one. It was nice yep. and dark and pretty creepy. Um the one after that <laughs> I, I did like this one. It was the mince pie. <laughs> now <Yeah. laughs> this is a good one. Right, so um Santa has uh, been putting children uh, has has been putting children on the loyalty list and um, last minute deciding to take them off. He's been doing it for donkey's years. Um, You know, he knows there's special circumstances for all kids and no kid deserves to get a lump of coal at Christmas. And Mrs. Claus has accused him of being too soft for too long. Yeah. But there is just one kid that maybe does deserve to be on the naughty list. (laughs) And it's little Billy from Tavistock. Who's a fucker? Oh my God. He is probably the most sadistic little shit you have ever met in your life. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one bit where he asks for paint for Christmas so that he can decorate his room and then he feeds the paint to the cat. Well, this is... So so Santa keeps making excuses every year. So, like, the first year, Billy has spent time with his father watching American baseball and Santa thinks, oh, that's so heartwarming. You know, he's he's bonding with his father. It's fantastic. Um, so Billy asks for a baseball bat and Santa gives it to him. But Billy uses that bat to kneecap his older sister. <laughs> Who's done nothing to him. No, apart from being gotten the um, head girl and the parents liking her that little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and Santa kind of, oh dear. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a rapscallion. So this whole time Santa is like trying not to swear as well and all that. It's, it's been yeah. very cutesy negative language um then the the next year billy starts hanging around with his mother more and doing arts and crafts and santa's yeah. like his heart's warmed again he's making a turnabout and this is lovely spending time with his mother so he gets yeah. an arts and crafts set uses the scissors to cut the legs off his gerbil yeah <laughs> fucking little bastard and they, they take the take the gerbil to the vet and I don't know how it happened. And the parents said, well, if he says that, they don't know. And everyone's just pretending like, oh, well, don't know how that mm, happened. They must have... Maybe the gerbil did it himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had enough of walking, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then, as Michelle said, the final year, uh, Billy starts behaving himself in school, acting really well. And he feels, and he's behaving more maturely. So he wants to decorate his room himself, and do it as neatly as possible. And he uses the paint to force feed the cat. Yeah. And again, it's like the parents are convinced that the well, the cat must have just drunk it itself. <laughs> you know, that's the only explanation <laughs> for it. So Santa's determined this year. Nope, he's not getting away with it this year. He's not getting yeah. a present. So yeah. he, he goes to his house and he gets there. And he's starting to feel a bit guilty as always. And then he sees a mince pie and a note on the table. Yes. And it says, like, dear Santa, I'm so sorry for my behaviour. Please accept this mince pie. I hope you enjoy it. 
And Santa's like, yep. oh, God, I should have brought a present. Oh, what should, should I even eat this mince pie? I feel bad. No, it'd be, it'd rude be, not it'd to. be so rude not to. And he bites. He's like, oh, it's the most delicious thing I've ever had. And then he's thinking about Billy and how guilty he feels. And then he looks across. He starts, his stomach starts going. He looks across the room and he sees a bottle, which turns out is some sort of sedative. And then, <laughs> bang, he hits the floor, comes to. He's tied up bat-ass naked (laughs) and and there's Billy grinning away at him and he said oh Santa thank you so much for all my presents I've been waiting so long to use them yeah and that's it yeah and it's like so it's like I have so he has the baseball bat for Santa's knees (laughs) he has the scissors for his legs and the paint for his tummy and the last thing is because Santa's been so polite Santa's last word is oh fuck I just I love that that evil little shit and the manipulation of it yeah oh it was brilliant it was so much fun the next one after that is it's still good but I think it it, it's not one of my favorites but it it's not it probably just is above nativity it's the um letter from a Christmas cannibal yeah, I was a bit like, hmm. I mean, there were parts, it was quite funny, but it, you know, certain parts of it, but it's, it, meh. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a palate cleanser in between, I would say. Yes, yeah. Um, After that, so the whole, I, but the whole idea of that is pretty much a cannibal writing a Christmas wish list to Santa. Um, Which is a disturbing recipe. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, some some of them are a bit questionable. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, can we do that? Can we say that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll carry on. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. No, moving on. Anyway, uh, so the one after that is uh, Christmas Carol, the aftermath. Aftermath. Yep. I just briefly wrote, uh, Scrooge pretty much has PTSD <laughs> from the events that happened. And uh, then he starts hearing voices telling him to kill everyone. I liked that one. I mean, it was, it was quite quick as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and if you think about it, you would have PTSD, wouldn't you? Yeah, but that's that's pretty much just it summed up. And there's like, well, why should I let? Well, Tiny Tim really shouldn't live because what kind of existence will he really have? Is like, it's yeah, it's a mercy. Oh, it's a mercy <laughs> killing. It's like, oh, you went dark. <laughs> <laughs> you went dark very quickly. <laughs> the one after that we have was, um, "Twas the night before murder." Do you remember this one? This is the one um, when San- it starts with Santa and Mrs. Claus and he has just cut off her arm. Yes. <laughs> this is the most insane version of Twas the Night Before Christmas you have ever yep. heard. But I loved it. <laughs> I did, when I was looking at that one, I was I did think that one's a bit of a net. Yeah. You know, like you did with me in the fairy. I was like, yeah, no, this is a net. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, it, it yeah, he's, he ends up stabbing her in the in the um, reindeer shed with a stick of holly. Ho ho ho! Then he made, then he turns the the reindeer into like cannibals because they eat each other. Yeah, you know, and then stops two of them. Is like, you know, well, we've got to, you know, we want to go and have some mischief in the in the human world. But then, like halfway there, he's like, I ain't got a fucking clue what I'm gonna do when I get there. You yeah. Know? So I I just wrote down the first one. <laughs> and he goes, uh, he tore down the Christmas tree for poor little Kimmy. 
and laughed as she slept while he shut down her chimney. (laughs) Ignored the sign that said beware of the dog and pulled out his dick and pissed in their eggnog. (laughs) He cackled, he laughed and cackled before he went away and pictured them drinking it the very next day. (laughs) I know, but there's a couple more verses of that as well and it's... Do you know, it's everything, it's so wrong, but it's just so fucking funny. Like Entertaining, yeah. Like he give, he gives a parcel to a baby with a venomous snake and then the parents come in and just see that it's been like halfway down the stage. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's so funny, but it's so funny. I get that. See, that's a bit of you as well, isn't it? It's, yeah, I'm a bit sick like that. That's not sick, not sick. It's <laughs> just so silly. And it's niche. It is. But then it ends up like it turns out that part's an, it's a nightmare. It's like he wakes up with a start and then he rolls over to see Mrs. Claus, who's lying dead next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I like that one. That did that made me laugh so hard. I was listening to that today, walking the dog with a great big grin on my face. Twisted, twisted one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one we have after that is another quite. Uh, a longish one, not as long as the other one, but it's uh, the Christmas card trap. I liked that one. I did, but do you know what it gave me immediately? See if you see if you know. No, no idea. The beginning of the witches with the granny. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing with the the friend being trapped in the painting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I like the ending. But do you how do you remember much of this one? Uh, so yeah, the gist of it is the the daughter comes home um, and is really freaked out about Christmas cards because apparently there's this like urban legend rumor thing that if you get a card uh, with a snowy background and a little boy in a red coat, um, you're gonna die. It's like a bloody Mary sort of thing. Um, the mum tells her not to be stupid, and then the mum goes downstairs and she she's had a card posted through the door. Um, not through royal mail or normal post it's literally been hand posted through the door with no return address she opens it up and the card is an exact description of of what her daughter has described so she goes upstairs because she thinks it's a prank so she goes upstairs to talk to her daughter and her daughter's not there she pulls the covers back and her daughter's not there she goes back down she looks at the card again and her daughter's in the card with the little boy with the red coat see what i mean by witch the beginning of the witches yep um, and then she, so she gets totally freaked out. She starts babbling about it. Everybody thinks she's crazy. So she realises that she needs to stop babbling about it because her daughter's actually missing. Um, and she doesn't want to draw attention because then they'll take the card away. So she goes to see a psychic, witchy sort of person who she thinks she can help. And they say to her, you know, it's a really strong curse. I can tell you what to do it, but it's normally an exchange. You know, so it may be a case of you for her. So, you know, the mum's prepared to do that. The mum goes home. The mum recites what this spell is. She can feel herself all a tingle. And then all of a sudden she realises that she's trapped in the card. But so is her daughter. But the little boy in the red coat isn't. Didn't see that shit coming. Yeah. So now the little boy in the red coat is standing smiling in their kitchen. Um, and he remembers that it, you know, okay, he goes along the lines of, okay, I was a little bit out of order, which is why my family cursed me to, to be in the card, but I'm going to go home now. Um, but before he goes home, he starts rummaging through their cupboards and, and eating their food. And then he picks up the card and he tears it into four and throws it in the bin and leaves. 
little fucker. So yeah, literally with the line, yeah. sucks to be them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. You little bastard. Oh. Sounds like something my son would say. Little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I, I liked that one. Yeah. So then after that is our, our final instalment and the end the end story, uh, the Santa Tracker Part Three. Yes. Now to be fair, Michelle, I'm going to admit I kind of I kind of switched off at this section. Okay. Um, personally, it was because I couldn't deal with the dad's whining. Yeah, the dad's a bit of a wet blanket. Oh. Um, and yeah. At this point, you're all in the thing where the dad's now toe to toe with Krampus, and he wants to run. Because you would brick yourself, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. You know, oh my let's God. Pretend here. Yeah. Beautiful descriptions um, of Krampus, by the way, and how he looks. Yes. Um. And so he's toe to toe, and he realizes that the his his son is behind Krampus, and Krampus basically goes, "We'll come and get him. If you don't get him, I'm going to leave with him, and you'll never see him again." Yeah. So he has to raise his his bottle really, and he charges Krampus. He charges down the stairs because Krampus is at the bottom. When he gets to the bottom, Krampus disappears. Um, and he realises that basically he just had to stand up for himself. That was a, the lesson that Krampus was trying to teach him. Yeah. Um, and then, he, you know, he becomes this much better, healthier, more well-balanced bloke, more invested with his son. Um, and even the ex-partner wants to get back with him. And he's like, no. And that's it. That's the gist of it, really. Yeah. And then they just continue having their Christmases together. Yeah. Um, the way that they always have, but it was it was it was the the whining. It felt like the whining went on for a bit too long for me, and I, my brain kind of switched out. Yeah, yeah I, I liked it. Yeah, but because um, but the thing because it just sounded so funny and strong with that hint of horror at the first part. The second part scary as hell. Yeah, and this last bit was just it just uh, no it was still it was still good and it was a nice wrap up, but I could have done without the amount of wine and uh, it was necessary for him yeah, to, to be to brought be, out of that to establish the character as a wet blanket yeah it needed to be done but it was just at that point it was like no i don't want to listen to that bit <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i'm too old to care <laughs> i mean in, in summary i liked it this was, oh, it was such a fast read as well oh my god um, so much fun yeah, I really, really liked it. Really liked it. Yeah, um, definitely. And even if you only buy it to read about the fairy, the fucked up fairy, you need to do it, man. Oh, I think this make an awesome stocking filler for someone, this. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? You're going to be re-gifting it, Annette. I don't want it. I've read it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it would be. It'd be really nice just as a, like, a nice little joke present for someone and they'll absolutely yep. love it. It's such yeah. an easy read and, you know, with Christmas going on, there's just so much you're overwhelmed with. Something like this will just give you a nice dose of horror and a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I- I'd recommend it. Oh, I'd definitely 100%, recommend it. Because you don't have to invest too much time in it or anything like that. It's just there yeah. that you can pick up and put down. And I will check out some of his other stuff because I did like his style of writing. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that's an easy peasy. Yes, from me. Oh, definitely. Uh, uh, a thumbs up from me and all. Awesome. Yay. Well done, Mr. Wood. You, you are our official Christmas read for this year. Woohoo. <laughs> um, now, I think 
wait, it's time for a Christmas break on that note, isn't it? I think we're going to drop a little Christmas surprise. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, and that's that's it from from us for this year. Oh my God, can you believe we've been doing this podcast now for just over a year? No, I can't. I can't believe it at all. I, I refuse. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I don't know where the time's gone. Um, and I think especially if you go back and you listen to us in the beginning, I think we've learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> but but then from parts of this, maybe care less? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Feels like we've gone full circle this episode. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think we've, we've learned a lot. I've certainly had a lot of fun. I hope um, anyone who's been listening to us has enjoyed our journey with us. Um, but that isn't a goodbye. We are coming back in the new year. We've already worked on our Christmas list, uh, our next year's list. Yes. Um, and have some some crackers on there, don't we? Some really, really... Oh, there was a little Christmas pun there. There's some crackers. Having, having said that, I don't think they have crackers in the US. No, they don't. Only we're weird enough to have explosives at the dinner table. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Party Here's a big bat. <laughs> Give Granny a heart attack. Bang! <laughs> um... <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think I, I would like to take the opportunity to say Merry Christmas. Thank you to everybody who's who's travelled on this fabulous journey. Oh, and partic- particularly the uh, listener who recently from Australia downloaded like 26, 28 episodes. Thank you very much, because that was a lovely little surprise. <laughs> we love you. We like you. <laughs> you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we would beg in the spirit of christmas on that note for a minute um if anyone could follow us if you could drop us a a a rating a like a review on your podcast app of choice we would be immensely grateful so we we are growing we are growing slowly um but yeah if you would like to spread the word if there's anybody else out there that you you know of who likes to listening to too mad British old women. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm Irish. Okay, Irish, <laughs> Irish women. Um, Irish old woman, thank you very much. <laughs> um, who identify as crones. Um, you know, sp- spread the word. And thank you very much for, for support from some of our listeners. We, we have had some nice messages and some nice engagement from, from people, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Definitely. Big shout out to Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, who reignited my um, my interest in, in graphic novels. There we go. Oh, wow. That is, that's saying something. Like, she hasn't got enough to read, Tommy, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, see, now I've got two different to be red piles. Oh, no! <laughs> so I don't have to say, look at the size, size of my to be red piles. I just go, oh, no, this one is graphic. and this. <laughs> so I, there's always a system and an excuse in it. Well, there we go. We, we love a little bit of order, don't we? <laughs> But um, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope you have a, a really good good one. And we will be back in the new year. And we do have some really quite, well, looking at the descriptions, they're quite dark and twisty, aren't they, Nick? They are, just a little bit. So, just a little bit. But keep your ear out for a little bonus surprise coming over the Christmas period as well. Yeah! Yes! Merry Christmas, everyone. We love you all. Twa! Twa! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Crones in a Book. If you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube and Facebook at Two Crones in a Book. 
and on Twitter we are at Two Crones Pod. Or if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day.